right, Tyler, we have one more story. This one's a little lighter, a little more conversational. We're going to be listening to uh, some other people fielding their thoughts, and then we'll be giving our commentary over it. So finally, we've got a clip segment, which is great. It's been a while. Basically, we're fielding some thoughts on food delivery platforms Uh, for some context. And you can check this out on our website. We've done several interviews on this, but Uber and Postmates recently merged Uber Uh, acquired Postmates um, to remove the competition from Uber Eats. And now the major delivery app platforms have uh, consolidated from basically four to three. It's a classic uh, antitrust uh, scenario. Uh, That doesn't mean that there aren't other smaller players in the space, of course, but the key ones now are Uber Eats, Grubhub, and DoorDash. And COVID has put the spotlight on these delivery platforms and has really, for some, cemented their value and for others, uh, cemented how uh, cancerous they are to the industry. It's really varied. It's a, There is not a consensus on uh, the future of these platforms. Um, really, I think the questions we need to be asking ourselves is what is the future of delivery platforms as customers seek out these options and as restaurants make delivery and curbside a forever part of their business, uh, whether that is because COVID has irreparably changed their business model or because they just see the value in delivery and curbside and want to continue to add that as an option, even if it's not a necessity once COVID blows over. So we sourced some restaurant owners and operators to give us their thoughts on different uh, interviews uh, on our website, and we had a few uh, conversations that we hadn't put anywhere that we wanted to source and continue to field thoughts on, so we're going to air them here instead. Uh, So we have thoughts from two different people. We're going to be hearing from Bob Vreeland. He's the operator of Godfather's Pizza in Cheyenne, Wyoming. We're also going to hear from Tyler Hollinger. He's CEO and founder of High Life Productions. So here are some of the questions we asked them, and then we'll play their clips. Uh, So the questions included, how do you feel about leading app-based delivery platforms like Uber Eats and Postmates as a solution to delivery options during COVID? Uh, Do you imagine delivery and curbside will become long-term solutions for your restaurant? Why or why not? What sort of operational challenges do you need to solve to keep delivery sustainable for your operation? And how has COVID changed marketing strategies to retain customers? And how sustainable are those solutions, in their opinion, uh, when coupled with delivery and curbside as well? So those are some of the main questions we asked them. We compiled their responses here into uh, you know short snippets that we can discuss. So Tyler, can you go ahead and queue up Bob Vreeland? Again, Bob Vreeland is the operator of Godfather's Pizza in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Here are his thoughts on uh, Uber Eats, other app delivery platforms, and delivery and curbside as part of a business model. Delivery service, right time, right place. They've been building their business for a long time, but here in the rural areas like Cheyenne, Wyoming, they're starting to make a bigger presence. Without them, myself and many other restaurants wouldn't have made it. Delivery has always been part of our business, but it's going to become essential now. They're essential providers. The trick is going to be how well we can develop it. Delivery is here to stay. The operational challenges are only going to be how can we improve upon it. Like Amazon, we have to make it as easy for the customer to order, get high quality. we got to improve. We're going to keep marketing our quality and our product 
and service, but we're going to have to shift a, a much more focus on delivery and making that more convenient for people to order and receive product quickly. So, thoughts on his thoughts there. He definitely seems to be more of a fan of these yeah. platforms, uh, and he made it sound like for his market, this is really all that's available. What are your thoughts? That's really interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think for people like Bob, um, these services have um, opened up new doors and allowed them to stay in business which I think has been, um, it has brought about some some flexibility that they didn't previously have the infrastructure for. Um, so I, I think that there are going to be a lot of people out there like Bob, but I do know that there's a, another side of the argument that I think is, is, is worth discussing, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think Bob uh, brings up a good point that delivery is here to stay and that really uh, where the conversation needs to be at right now is less like, should we be doing delivery, but more... How can we offer a seamless experience for our customers? How can we make it uh, easy for them, exciting for them, and convenient uh, for them to order delivery and uh, motivate those decisions from customers? So I, I think for, for someone like Bob uh, in a rural area like Cheyenne, Wyoming, there probably aren't a lot of enterprise-level solutions for delivery, uh, and maybe there just wasn't a lot of opportunity for Bob to develop uh, an in-house delivery service, you know, like a Domino's would or a Pizza Hut would, etc. Um, and I think that also speaks to the power dynamics of these large platforms. You know, not to say they aren't providing a valuable service for Bob's Godfather's Pizza, but, you know, what if there was an enterprise solution that allowed, uh, you know, Godfather's Pizza in Cheyenne, Wyoming to better, uh, well, maybe not better, just to, to, uh, take more personal stake in delivery as an operational decision, right? Mm -hmm. Be able mm -hmm. to conduct it uh, logistically, be able to retain all of the sales from it, uh, and not have to feed it through one of those other platforms. Is that something they'd want to do? Uh, is that something that would even be feasible in that market? Uh, I think right now we can't say because the options aren't there. The only options are we're going to feed through Uber Eats, we're going to feed through Grubhub, we're going to feed through DoorDash because that's where people are uh, shopping. So, uh, you know, I think if Bob wanted to get out of that dynamic, he would have to come up with uh, marketing strategies to push people to order off of Godfather's Pizza. He would have to develop an in-house delivery service. Uh, and that takes a lot of capital, that takes a lot of time, uh, and it might not seem like something that they want to do in the short term when the other option is more seamless, even if they would have more ownership over the process and would retain more of the money. Uh, I guess maybe, you know, sometimes that, that revenue, even if it sounds great, uh, the wait time of having to develop your own delivery service is just too much of a, a put off. Yeah. No, yeah, like a there there are certain barriers to to entry for that, right? And so yeah, um, so I I think that there there is an argument to be made for that. Totally. So let's hear now from Tyler Hollinger, CEO and founder of High Life Productions. Uh, he is putting on 
a uh, festival right now. Um, let me pull up. Actually, hold on. I'll just hold on. Let me look this up, and I'll. Uh, I'm just gonna cut this and and re toss this. I want to make sure I reference it correctly. Okay. Yeah. I'm starting this over. <clears throat> All right, so let's hear from Tyler Hollinger now. Again, he's the CEO and founder of High Life Productions, uh, and he puts on the Secret Summer Festival, uh, also known as Sundays. Uh, it is a socially distanced health and wellness-focused cocktail event, um, and it's, it's a popular cocktail festival, uh, and they're also offering cocktails to go via their High Life Cocktail Delivery. Uh, so that's bringing cocktail delivery to New York in the middle of COVID restrictions. So here is Tyler Hollinger giving his perspective on these app platforms and on the future of delivery and curbside for his operations. Honestly, I don't see them as a solution. Their predatory pricing makes it almost impossible for restaurant and food and beverage industry operations that operate on razor thin margins to actually make this a viable opportunity, which is why our sub subscription based cocktail delivery program is an alternative similar to your freshly box or your CSA box that's delivered once a week, as opposed to on demand whenever you want it immediately, because those apps really don't represent the brands very well. I see curbside and cocktail takeout and cocktail delivery as a long-term solution, absolutely. In fact, we're going to be rolling out our very own app that allows people to not only see what the weekly cocktail delivery menu is, but to place orders on that app. So Tyler Hollinger there is doing the opposite of what Bob is doing and has the opposite... Uh does not see these as a sustainable solution, sees the cuts that they take from delivery as too much to be uh, a sustainable long-term solution for small um, businesses and for small restaurants, and is uh, crafting his own delivery platform and process outside of them as hubs. Now, do you think that his scenario is so unique that it's hard to imprint on other uh, situations, you know, like, can we expect the same from a health and wellness cocktail event in New York to a, a pizza parlor in rural Wyoming? Uh, I, I would say no, right? Those are very different sure. markets, different scenarios, and it's very hard to say that, well, what he can do um, in his market or how he meets the needs of his market uh, are the same, or he's, pu you know, pulling from the same kind of talent pool or pulling from the same uh, labor workforce as someone in rural Wyoming is to set up their own delivery platform and service. So, you know, different dynamics, but it is interesting to see the varied response to Uber Eats, etc., as long-term platforms. I mean, personally, I am with Tyler, but I'm, I'm only with Tyler as much as I also am... Uh, you know, like I, I am understanding of Bob's thoughts on the situation as well, because as much as I may personally not like the dynamic of Uber Eats, Grubhub and DoorDash eating all of that revenue and acting like middlemen for delivery for struggling small businesses, uh, in some areas, the alternative is closing. The alternative is their 
uh, restaurant has to go under because they don't adapt to delivery because they don't want to use those platforms. Right. And that's not that's not to give those platforms like a thumbs up, like therefore they're doing great work. It's just more of an acknowledgement of that is the dynamic in that market and there is no other alternative. So, you know, is it really on on Bob? Uh, you know, to to make that change if there is no viable alternative that would keep his business afloat. And, um, you know, w- what should we be really critiquing about this, uh, this relationship between Uber Eats and other platforms and small businesses? Um, I would say, you know, the more tangible critique would be around the cut that they take. Yes. You know, if, if we uh, want to... Uh, be realistic about the dynamics unless there is some other massive launch of a platform that allows for, um, uh, you know, basically personal restaurant ownership over delivery platforms or unless there uh, are consulting firms that are able to, you know, uh, reach at an accessible rate these companies and provide software support so that they can set up their own back end, you know, et cetera, et cetera. If this doesn't happen, the only solution is these app platforms. That's where most of the consumers are anyways. And uh, that means that, you know, maybe the fight should be more about making these more equitable platforms, especially during a pandemic when all restaurants are struggling greatly. What are your thoughts there? I mean, how how do you synthesize these two very different perspectives on Uber Eats uh, and you know their uh, their cohort of app delivery platforms? Yeah, I'd say that as in as in many industries and as with many solutions, there's not a one size fits all approach, right? And, and you detailed that at the beginning. What works for Bob, uh, where he is in in South Dakota, isn't going to work for Tyler, where he is in in New York, right? So um, he he's he was New York, correct? I'm not wrong about that. Um, correct. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I think there are going to be different, different solutions that work for each one. But you're right in pointing out that, you know, if you're going to, you know, rebel against the the movement towards Uber and Postmates and you know, uh, DoorDash and delivery services and things like that, you you can't do it to the extent that you're willing to go out of business for it. I, I think that that's probably not a good way of putting it but you know i think i think tyler's right in a certain sense that when you bring up the cut that those delivery services take they they can especially during these times when delivery is kind of the only option for a lot of different places they can at times feel predatory and they can at times feel like they're out to exploit the current circumstances for their own financial gain and so there there's there are problems involved with that right and so um I think the fact that, you know, in in a case like Bob, I think the fact that um, these delivery services already have, you know, built out the infrastructure that, that he doesn't, that that makes it, uh, you know, incredibly viable for him, but but not for Tyler, who, as he mentioned, you know, you, you operate on razor thin margins in this type of business. And so, again, not a one size fits all solution. It's not going to work for everybody, but it's interesting to get different thoughts from people who are on different sides of the country in different circumstances. Yeah, I totally agree. I really don't think that we can talk about this without analyzing the realities of the markets that these restaurants are operating in. Uh, you know, a place like New York is going to have naturally more options for delivery alternatives, even smaller delivery platforms that operate much like Uber and Grubhub and DoorDash, uh, but maybe are more equitable with their payout uh, and are local to New York. That's 
probably going to exist in New York and is not going to exist in Cheyenne, Wyoming. So, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to see how this issue affects different markets. But at the end of the day, I think it's telling Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub, right? I mean, they have their mark in every single one of these markets from New York to rural Wyoming. They are embedded there and they are providing their solutions for better or for worse. And so the analysis really should be what is the consequence of uh, these platforms being the only delivery option in many um, in many small communities. And what does that mean for the future of delivery? What does that mean for the future of those restaurants and their sustainability post-COVID? Uh, and how do we even begin to find alternatives for those communities in a way that uh, gives them ownership over delivery and allows them to retain some of that revenue in in a way that you know is a uh, giving them a fatter check basically because that's mm-hmm. always nice especially when you're dealing with the razor thin margins of running a restaurant absolutely no i'm I, I'm, I'm with you on that you know it'll be it'll be interesting again to see how this continues to develop moving forward because you know i i think as we talk right now as covid 19 is still a, a major player in our society i think that I think that things will continue to flux and change and, and we'll see kind of where this ends up once we've kind of, hit, mm, I don't know if hit a final kind of, um, you know, ending to this is the right way of putting it. But, you know, I, I, I think, I, I think just with so many evolutions going on and so many things changing, I think it'll be interesting to see where things land maybe a couple of years from now. Totally, man. Like we like to say on business casual, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com slash industries.